0: There's an old sort of riddle or thought experiment you might be familiar with called The Prisoner's Dilemma. It's actually a couple that go by that name, but here's the one I'm thinking of. A guy is in a prison and he's, not even, he's been in there so long, he's not even sure how he got there. It's sort of a Kafkaesque thing. He's just woken up and he's in this prison. And the only thing that he has to sort of keep his sanity while he's there is a couple of coins, a couple gold coins that he has. And even though all his freedom's been taken away, at least he has those things to hold on to. One day a stranger comes along. He sees the guy in the prison, he sees the coins. He says, hey, I tell you what, I can get you out of this. You will have total freedom. All I want are those coins. Now here's the dilemma. the Prisoner has to decide for himself Is this guy telling me the truth? If he is, yeah, my freedom is more than worth these coins, no matter what they're bringing me here. I'll give those up if I can have freedom. But what if he's lying? I don't really know this guy. What if he takes my coins, he leaves me in here? Yeah, I'm still confined, I always was, but now I've lost the one thing that was giving me any kind of comfort. So he's got to decide what's he going to do. of philemon i wish we read it more often that's where our second reading comes from today it's really really short if you go to starbucks after mass today before the guy at the front of the line orders his venti triple shot frappa whatever you could have read through the entire thing it's just one page but it's an amazing book and just to give you real quickly the backstory, paul in his own sense is imprisoned in a number of ways He's imprisoned in his own body. He's an old man, as he says. We often think this letter came just shortly before he died. And he's not this vibrant soldier he used to be. And he's also physically imprisoned, probably in Rome. We're not exactly sure. And he acknowledges that. He says both of those things. He says, I'm an old man, and I'm in prison. But here's the thing. He has this wonderful companion with him. Onesimus is his name. Now, Onesimus was a slave, pagan, not a Christian, and Paul sort of got to know him, baptized him, literally brought him into the early church. And he's been a faithful companion for Paul. And Paul wants to keep him with him to help advance the ministry because Paul doesn't have the freedom he used to have. But ultimately, he knows that Onesimus is not, quote unquote, his. And so he's writing to this guy called Philemon who used to be the owner of the slave Onesimus who now is more or less free. And even though Paul wants him to stay and help advance Paul's mission, he says, no, I I can't do that. And he's sending him back and he's writing to Philemon, this guy, in this poignant little letter. And he says, it's right that you should have him back. Would you give up the one thing that you cherish from whatever your confinement is, and would you trust the one who is asking for it back or to take it away, even if it wasn't rightfully theirs? Lots of things imprison us, right? I mean, maybe some of us here have literally physically been in jail, probably most of us not, but we're imprisoned by a lot of things. Think about jealousy or envy. Something that confines our freedom. What's the thing we hold on to sometimes? What's the gold coin we just have because it brings us a little bit of satisfaction? Maybe it's resentment or bitterness. I'll speak for myself. Sometimes in the face of envy, I rather like chewing on resentment like a dog with an old bone. And it doesn't matter that I could read a book that would tell me that's not good for me. At least it brings me some sort of comfort. Now, obviously, that's not a good thing. But in some sense, that's the whole point. When we're imprisoned, when our freedom is taken away, we'll hold on to anything at all that gives us some reason to get up in the morning. And what would it look like to give away the resentment or bitterness that can come with envy or jealousy? Well, it might look like something... Simple as saying, you know, I don't have to be bitter towards you because you have what I don't have. I wish you well. I'll even help you thrive with that gift or that circumstance that you've been blessed with and I haven't. Give it away. That's maybe what it looks like in that case. The generosity that you're able to find from within your prison is what really brings freedom. Even if externally the situation doesn't change. Maybe your prison is some just really crippling sense of low self-esteem, because somebody put that on you, maybe through no fault of your own, maybe way, way back in your childhood, maybe something that came up in your family even, maybe in your marriage, from your parents or your children, in your job, and were imprisoned by that image. Maybe it's a lie, usually it is, but it's strong. It's strong as any set of bars. And there we are. And what can we sometimes hold onto in the midst of that loathing? Well, a lot of times it means I'll take the one thing that I'm a little bit good at, or I'll take the one area in my life where I have some power and I'll abuse it. I'll take it and I'll wield it way beyond the limits of what is good for myself or somebody else. I know I lack this one thing and it seems to define me, so I will do everything in my power to convince the rest of the world that I'm somebody else. And even if that means I'm walking over other people because it somehow assuages my broken ego, I'll do it. And what would it mean to give that coin away from our prison? To simply say, yeah, this is who I am, whatever this fault is, but either it's true and I can own it, or it's a lie and I can admit it's not the thing that defines me. And maybe I do have some gifts or power in other areas. We all do. I don't have to use them in a way that it's covering up for my own unhealed wound. So this thing looks like a thousand different varieties. That's why that little thought game has lasted through the centuries. Because it's not just a riddle or conundrum. We can put ourselves into that situation very readily. And all that I'm suggesting is this little letter that Paul wrote to Philemon about his dear friend Onesimus, who's with him and giving him some sorts of comfort, even in his own imprisonment. Paul realizes it's not right for him just to hold on to this guy, and he lets him go. Ultimately, that's the only way that real freedom can be bought. I said it before and I'll say it again, the generosity you can find from within where you are most imprisoned, where human nature says, don't give it away, because if you do, then you'll have lost everything. The generosity that you give away from within your prison is what brings real freedom, even if externally the world doesn't change. Now, that's easier said than done, and I get it. We're not all like Paul. But step one in gaining that freedom is just having the courage to name whatever the false coins are. Can you name what's the thing that I'm holding on to from within my own personal prison? We feel the confinement. Usually that's not so hard to identify. But what's the thing you're holding on to that if you let it go, with the kind of reckless abandon Jesus talks about again and again in the gospel, if you can just identify it, that's a huge step for starting. And maybe just as a little spiritual exercise, take that on for yourself this week. What are you holding on to from within your confinement? You won't necessarily end that thing that limits you, but you definitely can win your freedom.